Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin Mobile Studio in the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest. Here's Greg Matzek. Oh, what a great day to be at Summerfest. We close out our broadcasts from here, but the night will roll on following our show. Another great day tomorrow as Summerfest 2024 closes out. 2023, I should say. We look ahead to 2024. Uh, we are also looking back. If you're headed to the Brewers game tonight, so they're celebrating the 30 years of the racing sausages. 30 years the racing sausages sort of came into our lives as more than just these animated creatures that would appear on the Jumbotron. The most memorable of all sausage races happened July 9th, 2003. Here's the TV call from Fox Sports Wisconsin. Bill Schroeder and Darren Sutton had the call. One of the pirates slugged the uh, the Italian with a bat. I don't know how smart that is to do that. There's a real human being in there, man. Smoked him. I'd imagine that hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So the Italian falls to the ground, and, and this became breaking news. This became like a, a major thing. And I, I remember working at WTMJ at the time. I, I was not at. I was at the game. I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> but but Channel Four, Carol Meekins, Mike Goucher, and reporter Russ Kirkpatrick. I mean, they broke this down like it was the biggest story of the day in the state of Wisconsin. Here's how it sounded. Russ Kirkpatrick is live in the newsroom with this breaking story. Russ? That's right, Mike, and no one's laughing now. Here's what we've learned. The sausage race took place in the middle of the seventh inning as usual. But there are questions about whether what happened during the race could be considered assault. We're told that two women were treated at the Brewers' first aid station. And a spokeswoman for the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department tells me tonight that uh, Simon, the player who hit the sausage, will be interviewed by deputies. And the matter will likely be referred to the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office for review. So Randall Simon was the, uh, the, <laughs> the pirate dressed in all yellow uh, who felled the Italian sausage with a swing of the bat from the dugout. Yeah, and he was standing actually arrested on... after the game. <laughs> yeah. In cuffs, taken out of the stadium and fined. Well, there's a person inside there, and there were two gals who fell down. Yes. Injury could have happened. The, uh, the brat, uh, God lover, helped the Italian get back up, but she got knocked to the ground as well. What and was he trying to accomplish, though? I don't know. Just being like smack-talking type of thing? He or? did ultimately apologize. Uh, he wasn't expecting sausages to be running by him. He was perhaps new to the whole situation. But you, Sandy, Scared him? had a very unique perspective. I did. Well, first of all, Randall Simon didn't have a great reputation going into that game. Those were like the grubby pirates that never, ever won and, you know... He wasn't known as the nicest guy around, so this didn't help that reputation. So it, it lent that suspicion of maybe he really was not just being a goofball, but he was being more malicious. Uh, but yes, I had just begun my stint as one of the very first Milwaukee Brewers in-game hosts. I had been an in-game host for a few months and could not believe what I was seeing. And the melee that, it got, you know, the, whoa, the buzz. And, and I know people who are in that, so I'm trying to figure out which brew crew members are in there. Are they okay? I'm also fascinated that you, we've talked about this before, that the racing sausages, you basically have a porthole to yeah. look out of. It, right, yeah. And that if you look up the replay, there are the other, like, the brat, like, can see and looks down and actually does help, as you said. So, like, normally, those runners would just be gone. And these two gals have been flailing around. So that was very interesting. But I also worked at a radio station at the time. And for some reason, after that night game, I had work to do at the radio station. And I was very surprised, as much as it was a hubbub in the building, there was ESPN and it was already on Sports Center by the time I drove 
you know, half to, to Hale's Corners. I was like, oh, oh, I guess this is a thing. It was the video that you had to see yeah. from July 9th, 2003. I was at the stadium that day. I'll explain how coming up on the other side. But we have found the woman who was in the Italian sausage costume that night, who got knocked the to the victim ground. victim of Sausage Gate. And the imagery of that, the video of that, I mean, it was it was on Letterman. I mean, it was all over the place. And this is before right? social media, so it really was a big deal for a video yes. to go, as we casually say, viral today. Uh, I mean, I, this was that video that was everywhere and making the rounds on national television the next day. iPhones were four years away from being <laughs> a thing, right? This is 2003, so... The woman's name is Mandy. She's going to join us on the other side. So we're, we're, we're kind of honoring the 20-year anniversary, uh, not of the first sausage race, but certainly the most memorable of sausage races, while the Brewers will have their 30-year anniversary of the race itself tonight as they take on the red. So sausage, sausage, and more sausage. <laughs> uh, Mandy's going to join us coming up on the other side. I'm very curious to hear her perspective on this entire thing. Yeah, notice there is no pierogi gate or presidential head gate. I, no, right? It's just sausage gate. From 2003. More after this on WTMJ. July 9th, 2003, perhaps the most memorable sausage race ever. Yes, we are also approaching the 20th anniversary of Randall Simon knocking down the Italian sausage during the most memorable sausage race ever at then Miller Park. Here's a fun fact for you, Bob Brainerd and Sandy Max. Mm -hmm. I was at the stadium that day. And And you were there, too. I threw out the first pitch. Oh! Oh. I threw out the first pitch that night, but the Brewers gave me an option. They said, would you prefer to run in the sausage race or throw out the first pitch? And I was doing this as a, as a way to promote the television show that I was on at the time, airing on ESPN. And I thought, well, you know, it'd probably be more visible if I were throwing out the first pitch and you had to wave to people or whatever. And that was kind of a boyhood dream anyway. Um, and I thought, well, maybe eventually later I'll get to actually run in the sausage race. And, of course, that becomes, like, worldwide news, right? It just like, <laughs> what are the odds of that happening? What Missed could it. have been, right? I, I guess that much. I guess maybe I'd be interviewing myself at this point uh, in my career. But, no, the woman who was inside the Italian sausage costume, Mandy Block, joins us on the line. Mandy, thank you. I hope you don't mind us unearthing this bit of history in Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Oh, it's all good, Greg. Good to be on the show tonight. And uh, funny to hear that you had a chance to be in the race with me and you declined. So it would have been fun falling over each other, I guess, on July 9th, 2003, 20 years ago. You could have been in that big debacle. And you chose. Yeah, right. I could have either have fallen. I yeah, I could have fallen into the dugout, maybe help pick you up. I, I don't know whose yeah, spot I would have taken. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. I, just walk me through your perspective, because as Sandy outlined, it's not like you have a real clear you know, frame of vision when you're running in the sausage costume. So describe for me everything that happened to you that night. Yeah. So, yes, the costume is about seven to eight feet tall, and I stand about five foot three. Um, so, yeah, you don't see peripherally. You have a nice box view right in front of you, but you're not really seeing the dugout. You're not seeing the crowd. You're hearing them. And you're holding on to this plastic harness that's attached to this giant stuffed sausage. Um, so you don't really hear much, you don't really see much. You just run straight and you make it to the finish line. <laughs> and you try not to knock into any other sausages. <laughs> you try not to. But um, a little bit more about myself. I was the ball girl. Most, most games you saw me throwing, you know, to Jeff Jenkins at the time. Uh, left field was where I sat. And that night... Uh, I was asked to run the sausage race because we had somebody that was out. You know, one of the normal sausage racers was out. So 
It could have been me or Greg, but I, I did fill in for the missing sausage, and I got to run in that nice Italian sausage costume. Um, but, yeah, it kind of made history. I wasn't supposed to be there that day in that sausage costume either. So, Mandy, maybe it took me bailing to put you in that suit. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because of you, Greg, actually. <laughs> maybe. Yep. Connect yeah. the dots. All right, these years, right. we finally figure it out. The, the blame game. Yeah, Mandy, it was you. Ma- yeah, it was Mandy, you. Dis- Describe the thud, the moment that you felt the thud. Yeah. Well, to be real, I don't. I did not feel a thud. I felt the ground, and I initially thought I fell on my own accord because uh, it is so top-heavy. I was not riding the straight line. If you watch the video, I'm all over the place. Um, I'm actually going into the dugout before he taps me out. Um, so I thought maybe I had fallen on my own. I felt a little bit of a, a whoosh at the top thinking it was wind, thinking it was just normal, because I've stood in that costume for parades. I've done that before. And it is very hard to stay still. It wasn't until I was whisked away to the first aid station that they had it showing over and over on TV. And, yeah, it looked really bad. It looked like he took a huge swing and hit me. Um, but as you look further, I mean, he barely taps me, and I'm already falling. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I felt the ground. And then I felt... Uh, trying to get up. I was trying to roll and get some leverage because I've never fallen in a sausage costume before. And all I can tell you is that you can't get up. It's just this long you know, cylinder thing. So I'm just trying to get leverage. And thank goodness there was another helpful, I think, hot dog. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of funny watching it back again because everyone reacted a little bit differently. You know, some people fell on top of me. And then one kid... If we want to talk about, you know, another sausage, the bratwurst, he was 16, a 16-year-old. It was his first race, and he just ran all the way to victory. So, I mean, that's the best story, I think, is is that guy. You know, as we're all falling around trying to get leverage to get up, you have this, like, 16-year-old that's like, you know what? I'm going to win the race for everybody, and I'm just going to keep going. So, it was a fun night. It's a fun race, but it was much different inside the costume than it was outside. It looked really bad. When I looked at the video, I was like, wow, I can see why people got angry. Um, but if you give it another look and you just think again with like common sense and you see that he was playing around, he tried to tap it back. He tried to even help, help me up. Actually, they don't show that part, but he did try to help me up. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Mandy, did, did Randall Simon or the pirates or anybody reach out to you afterwards in, in just some sort of peace offering of any kind? Yes. Oh yes. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh pirates, they had their PR person reach out, um, you know, we had uh, been offered, you know, season tickets, but being a 19-year-old in Milwaukee at the time, I wasn't going to go travel to Pittsburgh anytime soon to watch pierogies, so I declined, but I, I asked for the bat, so uh, they obliged. They thought that would be fine to give me the bat, and they had him sign it, and uh, I still have that. I have, you know, an 8-year-old son, and he's just learning about this story, and, um, you know, the whole reason I wanted that was to kind of share that with my family this Thing that happened, um, like you said before, social media really took off, before YouTube really took off, before iPhones were even available. This happened. So thank goodness, because it wasn't as viral as it could have been. Um, but I still wanted him to know about it. So yes, you still have that signed bat, my token, I guess you want to say. Um, and he reached out too. Randall Simon called me on my you know, Nokia cell phone back in 2003 and, and said sorry in his Curacao accent. He's a very kind person. And his family is also very kind in that couple months after the whole incident happened and it you know cooled down his family reached out to my family and wanted to offer a trip to visit their island um, that he grew up in because they were just so um, warmed by how he reacted and that we didn't go after you know him and his money or try to take him down personally 
for something that he clearly, you know, maybe made a, an error in judgment, but right away apologized, right away owned up to it, right away did, um, I think, the right thing. Um, whatever you can ask for when you're in a sausage running a race. <laughs> you know? So that's what we, we did afterwards is got to go to his island in Curacao and get to know the people that he grew up with. And it was really beautiful. I can only imagine the whirlwind for you, like in the 48 hours <laughs> after, right? Media requests, people reaching out, like publications. Like, that had to be dizzying for you as a then 19-year-old student at the University of Wisconsin. Yes. Yes, it was dizzying. Uh, I'm not used to uh, talking to live television or, you know, Good Morning America. They had their satellite dish a day later on my parents' front lawn because I was in the summer break <laughs> from school. So I'm still at my parents' house and my first summer out of college. And uh, I actually got a warning at work. I was a deli worker just making part-time money outside of you know, working at the Brewer Stadium. And they almost fired me because I like, I can't get on my driveway. There's, there's like, you know, 20 cars in our neighborhood. And, and they keep trying to ask me questions. I'm sorry I can't come to work today. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind. Um, I think the, my favorite part would be at night, at home with my mom and dad, just watching the news and ESPN, you know, talking about it live. Just, hey, we have the top ten, and here's the sausage in front of us on TV. It was just surreal. Um, Jimmy Kimmel calling my parents out there to disconnect the phone because they wanted us to come on their late-night show and talk about it. And, you know, where, where I grew up and, and the values I grew up with, you know, uh, it, it just seemed like we, we there's nothing else more to talk about. The story was done. Um, I, I felt in a way, not embarrassed, but bad that it had gone to such a level um, where they're kind of criminalizing uh, Randall Simon a little bit. Um, just because I felt like the incident was so spontaneous and that, you know, he didn't mean any harm and I was absolutely not hurt at all, that I could not imagine we would need to talk about it any further but yeah we talked about all summer i got back to school greg in the fall and they wanted to throw me frat parties in honor of the sausage race (laughs) on halloween day at uw madison it's a it's a common thing at uw madison where people will dress up in costumes and go into you know the chemistry building or run through classes to make a scene while i was in my chemistry class randall simon costume runs through down the stairs in front of 300 people chasing a fake sausage costume and that was, you know, Halloween, my, my year back. Was, I saw a lot of people play-acting this scene that was my life. And it was, it was hilarious, but it was a whirlwind, like you said. Dizzying is a good word. What an amazing memory. Mandy Block was uh, knocked down by Randall Simon of the Pirates, July 9th, 2003. By far the most memorable sausage race ever. Uh, and I may have influenced how this all played out in some weird way, uh, given that I declined to run in the race that particular night. Mandy, I, I can't thank you enough for being a good sport and talking about this. Uh, sounds like you've uh, turned a bizarre memory into a fun and positive one and a cool story to share with your family as well. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Time for a handful of stories a little off the beaten path, stuff that you may have missed throughout the course of your week. We like to call it In Case You Missed It. In case you missed it, you know, I think alone time is important. Yes. I think nature is important. If you're going to combine those two, make sure you let someone know before you go. Okay. Because a woman in Massachusetts had been missing for a week She was found Monday stuck in the mud at a state park. Oh, my. She was taking a hike by herself, enjoying Pinewood Pond in Stoughton, and somehow sunk into the mud, could not extract herself all the way up to her waist. (gasps) 
Three days. Oh my God. Three days, and then rescuers found her, and it took them half a day to get her out. That's how stuck she was wow. in. Some women pay hundreds of dollars for a spa day like that. <laughs> that is much different. That's, that's different. Oh, that's much different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just... She's fine. She was conscious and alert the whole time. Uh, suffered serious but not b- believed to be life-threatening injuries. Uh, went to the hospital. But think about this. We were comparing this to the roller coaster ride. Remember, like oh, the stuck earlier, upside down. Yeah. You're stuck upside down. But you don't know how long you're going to be stuck upside down. All right. Here's this woman, not in a roller coaster. She's out in nature. For how long? She doesn't know. She has to go to the bathroom. And animals mar- probably are walking around her. Sniffing, right? Checking oh things out. So, so bless this Boston woman, but I highly recommend getting out in nature, enjoying yourself. If you don't want to take a buddy with you, just at least text somebody saying, Hey, Greg, I'm going to go on a nature hike. You don't hear from me for a day or two? Doesn't mean I've left the, the job. It means I'm sure you stuck. Check. Oof. Yeah, so in case you missed it, get a buddy or at least let someone know if you're going to roam alone. In case you missed it. Uh, Dateline Rome, Italy. Hello. Hello, Rome. Hello. Uh, a tourist carved Ivan plus Haley, uh. 23, into the Roman Coliseum. What? The, uh, the, the big amphitheater at the center of the city, just to the east of the Roman Forum. It was completed in 80 AD under the Emperor Titus. Now facing <laughs> five years in jail and a $16,000 fine, the 27-year-old fitness instructor from Britain, he was tracked down by Italian police in England after a five-day search. He apologized saying he didn't realize the Colosseum was so old that he couldn't carve initials in there. Basically, he used the George Costanza defense. Is that wrong? (laughs) Should I not have done that? I tell you, I gotta plead ignorance on this thing because if anyone had said anything to me at all when I first started here that that sort of thing was frowned upon... (laughs) You know, because I've worked in a lot of offices and (laughs) I tell you, people do that all the time. Yeah, he just, you know, he put his hands up, you know, when he went to the court. I, I just didn't know. The pl- it was so old. I didn't know I couldn't defecate well, it. Well, if it was only 100 years old, it would be okay. Yeah, right. not, yeah exactly. It's not yours. Yeah, Don't right. mark it. It isn't yours. Oh. We have common sense. Be better, young people. In case you missed it. All right. Dateline, Colfax, Iowa. Hello, Hello Colfax. An Iowa man may well be on his way to an official world record for pencils. That's right, Aaron Bartholomew of Colfax has been collecting wooden advertising pencils since he was a child. He now claims to own more than 70,000. The Guinness World Record for largest pencil collection is 24,000, held by Emilio Arenas from Uruguay since 2020. Now, last weekend, two counters from the American Pencil Collectors Society were at the Colfax Historical Society. I am a card-carrying member. Bartholomew's <laughs> pencils. And in other news, yes, there actually is an American Pencil Collectors Society. Yes. Who knew? <laughs> now Bartholomew is waiting to hear if the count is approved by Guinness, which estimated uh, the review process could take up to three months. To count 70,000 Well, sure, because they got to check and double check. Exactly. And make sure they didn't so, act. Oh, 7,112, 7,112. 7, <laughs> Dang it. Start over. Oh, I'm counting here. Wow. Yeah. In case you we missed We expect it. an update. Yes. <laughs> if you got 350 bucks, Rachel Lewis of Chandler, Arizona, would happily make you a piggy bank out of an actual pig. That's right. She runs a taxidermy business called Copper State Taxidermy, <laughs> and her piggy banks... Made from pigs who have passed are flying off the shelves 
Who can pigs fly? The 38-year-old sells her stuffed animal for anywhere between $350 and $750. She gets her animal carcasses from her hunter husband and local farms. You might wonder how this works. Well, she is in the art of taxidermy, uh, but the pictures are nonetheless shocking. With the dead pig in a seated position with a cork stopper in his butt and a small coin slot in its back. <laughs> this does fall under the category of what do you get the person who has everything? Yes, yes. Rachel says the coming up, you know, popular bar mitzvah item. If you want to go that route, and well, who no, wouldn't want this at their wedding? <laughs> so you can bring home the bacon and then turn it into bacon. Is yes, that is that what you? you go. Uh, Rachel says the piggy banks have been in high demand with queues of people pre-ordering them, but also added that she'll keep one for the kids who also fell in love with putting coins. Then it has to have a hole in the belly, that plug in the belly. Oh, no, you said the cork, that's where the yeah, plug is. Cork butt the... slot in the belly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's, that's just... Mine is a kid, we're always in the belly. That is absolutely <laughs> awful. It's 457 at WTMJ. <laughs>